And now, do you like Prince movies? Hey, everybody. This is Do You Like Prince Movies? I'm Alex Papadimus. I'm Wesley Morris in New York City. And today we're going to talk about a movie I saw and a movie that you saw, but neither of us saw at the same time together or at all. Um, that doesn't make any sense. But, but not like we saw the same movie and then it's like, what did you, did you see the same movie? Because yeah. <laughs> that's not... That didn't happen. No, there's no there's no point of departure. I just did not see the movie you saw, and you did not see the movie I saw. And um, we're going to talk about Pitchfork's list of the 200 greatest songs of the 1980s, which I rather enjoyed. And but first, um, I had a moment over the weekend where I thought about calling you and saying, "Alex, you really got to see the perfect guy," because. I'm going to see it and I'm sure it's going to it's going to it's going to hit stalking out of the park. But it does not I was underwhelmed. I want it more. And I love Sonali then, but this was not this was not my this was not the experience I wanted to have with her. First of all, it's one of those movies that requires whoever plays the 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 woman, the heroine to be really stupid for a lot. it's a it's a blank from hell movie. So you kind of have to play dumb for a long time to get to the, oh, I get it. This is what's happening to me. Um, or this is how I stop what's happening to me from happening. Um, she plays this political consultant who lives in Los Angeles, and she is dating this guy. He's played by Morris Chestnut, who is just like, you know what, baby? I can't do it. You keep bringing up this baby stuff. I can't have a baby with you. I don't want to have a baby. Divorce runs in my family. He says it's like it's cancer. Like everybody in his family died of cancer. He's like, yeah, my cousin got divorced. My brother got divorced. My parents are divorced. I, I don't want to wake up one morning and hate you. Like it just the way went, I would hate. Like it just happens. Like, oh, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. So she's like, oh, God, I'm 36. She gives the Charlotte speech from Sex and the City, basically. I'm 36. Where is he? I've been dating my entire adult life. And so they break up two months later. She winds up uh, with Michael Ealy. It's a long story. I won't even bore you with it. But they wind up together. It's one of those instant things where, like, he comes on so strong that, like, that if if you if you had a bag full of red flags, you'd throw them all. It's just like you toss all the red flags. Like, okay, this is too soon. But she's like desperate because it's that kind of movie. Like, ladies, are you a careerist? Have you spent your entire life? trying to get a great job and great hair and a great house. Well, you know what? The price for that is the first Negro who comes your way is going to be the one you try to marry. So that's the kind of movie this is. And it doesn't just apply to black women. It just, <laughs> it just happens to be that Sonali Lathan is indeed a black woman. Um, but you know, it's a universal thing. They hate shows about this sort of stuff. Not about the stalking version though. Um, Although there was that season where Carrie did become the stalker of Mr. Big, which kind of was the, the turning point for me in that show where like, I was like, Oh, this is some other stuff sex in the city can do. Right. Where it Remember flirted. That? Oh, right. Where it flirted with her being the, you know, the, the antihero. Yeah. Where, I mean, I thought that was great. Is the one where the, what's her, uh, the Mr. Big's, uh, Mrs. Big breaks her ankle or something. Cause they're, they're yeah. Natasha. After. Natasha. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. I mean, that show was great. Anyway, 
Uh, <laughs> not that anybody needed me to tell them that. Uh, but it's a, I mean, you it's know, about it time one of the Grantland podcasts came out in favor of <laughs> Sex in the City. Like, there's only like 19 episodes of Girls and Hoodies dedicated to its its greatness. All right, never mind. Um, so she she and Michael Ely go to her parents. They, you know, he takes Charles Dutton, who plays her father, to a Giants game because they live in the Bay Area and, you know, she lives in Los Angeles. They drive up there on the drive back. Uh, they're at a gas station. And the movie is so bad that it's it's so cheap and shameless that it's got a guy at a gas station, some re- like a guy who in real life would be a redneck, leans into her car. This is at nighttime, right? It's, it's like, it's just the perfect setup. It's like, it's nighttime. It's a single black woman alone in a car at a gas station with some white redneck who sticks his head inside and is like, you know, leaning over suggestively. But what do you think he wants to know? <laughs> so he's asking, he's asking Sonali. He's, he's yes, he's got a question. He's but he's oh, so he should be a redneck like he should have a spit. He hand. should be. He yeah, yeah. He looks like he just looks like trouble. He looks like he wants to start some stuff. With with these with these black people at the at the at the gas station, but oh no, he's actually is he concerned for her well being? <laughs> that would have been amazing. That actually would have been something. No, he wants to ask about the car. Oh, okay. He, he's like, this is a nice car. Where'd you get it? But is and it in like Michael, a, in like a where'd you get it kind of way or like yeah. a certain like no 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 not there's nothing at all creepy or suggestive about anything he wants to know he is just presented in a creepy and suggestive way like otherwise he's a, a guy who has a question about a car but every like his body language and everything about him is just creepy anyway so so Michael Ely sees this he comes out of the of the of the convenience store attached to the gas station and beats the guy senseless. Meanwhile, Sonali Ethan is like, ah, stop it, stop it, stop, Carter, stop beating him. And then, you know, they have that awkward drive back and they don't say anything. And then she's like, I got to go. I, I don't know who you are anymore. And he's like, I love you. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's exactly what happens. So... Um, but I, we should say like this is the number one movie at the box office this weekend. It's like made it made a made a lot of money. It's a hit. Came in just ahead of M Night Shyamalan's The Visit, which you should see. Actually, you should see The Visit because I'm curious to know how you feel about it. Is this Shyamalan? Is it is it is it real? Is the Shyamalan? Shyamalan. Shyamalan. It's it's Shyamalan. It's like there is a Shyamalan on. Like it's happening. The Shyamalan is 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 upon us. But well, they put his name on it, which is cool for him. <laughs> again, he gets to have his name on his movies. Yeah, again. he gets to have his name. Well, I mean, it is it is Shyamalan esque. It is a it is a it does have many of the characteristics that we associate with this guy's movies. But it has you know my, what you what you know is my least favorite device in horror right now. Uh, which is what the uh, no actually found footage. Oh no! Why isn't it Grandma's house? What is yeah. it found VHS footage? Like oh man! Technically, it's not found because oh, that's the worst. When it's found footage and there's no way for the footage ever to be found, I hate that. 
No, it's I not even that. that. That is my let. That is the worst. That's the absolute worst. You're like, how did it get found? This, who edited it? Who had the sound? Who added the sound? This is more like the person who whose footage it is has it. It was never lost. So, which is even more despicable. Um. Anyway, so that was number two at the box office. Perfect guys. Number one. Um. Basically, you know, it just turns into a stalker movie. She tries to break up with him after she sees him beat up that guy at the gas station. And he's not having it. So he shows up at work. He shows up at her house. This big dummy decides to take him home to her house one day and show him where she keeps the spare key. So, I mean, you know, come on. You know he's breaking and entering at some point. Not even breaking. He just, like, goes and gets the key. Um, People die. (laughs) People die. People die in this movie. People who who shouldn't be dying die, but that's the kind of movie. It's a blank from hell movie. At least two people have to die for either living next door to the to the victim or to the intended victim, the heroine or her, or hero, um, and preferably somebody who is very close to that person, like a like a like a coworker or a, or a best friend. So it just doesn't have any of. It's just so desperate. Like you know, we talked about No Good Deed last year and. You know, that was a fairly entertaining version of this. Yeah, this sounds like it makes No Good Deed, like it makes you want to go back to No Good Deed. Oh, it makes No Good Deed look like like Fatal Attraction. Like as good a movie, as as well made a movie as Fatal Attraction. It's just a dumb stalker movie. I thought it would, I mean, I guess I knew that going into it, but I was hoping it'd be like a good dumb stalker movie. But it doesn't have any of the like, trashy like high points it doesn't hit those sweet spots that well and it's got my my other least favorite device in these movies which is the lone walk to your car in an otherwise empty parking lot (laughs) i mean i don't know that feels is that a move in film school it's a lone walk (laughs) like lone lone walk in the parking lot class i aced it I did a really good job. I had a really, really built good... that built that tension up. Yeah. You anyway, just feel jerked I... around by it. Okay, so uh, this versus the boy next door, though. Like you can only boy watch next... one movie oh, every day for oh. the rest of your life, and it's one of these two films. <sighs> I laughed at the boy next door, though, and I mean, I guess I laughed at this, but I didn't. En- I guess it's more like uh, I, that's the kind of movie I would expect Jennifer Lopez to be in. And I can't say I expect more of Sonali Lathan because, I mean, you know, we're talking about opportunities for, I mean, Jennifer Lopez is a little more power to create her own opportunities, but still. Yeah, like, Sonali's <laughs> up against it in a way that Jennifer Lopez is not. Yes, yes. Um, I don't know. I mean, I would rather watch The Boy Next Door in some ways because it is just so... All of the of the sort of casual desperation of the kid in that movie... And the cockiness that he's got, I, I'd much rather watch that. Um, I mean, that that guy can't act, but I mean, he was serious about being a crazy person. Michael Ealy is basically playing a robot. I mean, he's not. I mean, that's how you also. That's like throw all your red flags at that too. When he starts talking, he's like, "Hello, hello, Sana." <laughs> he sounds like. I mean, he sounds like one of the killers in this in the Scream movies. Tell me. What's your favorite NFL team, Sanaa? It's <laughs> it just I don't know. It just it made me mad. Like no woman is gonna fall for this guy. Michael Ealy is a very handsome person, 
and you know her options are limited. But Sanaa Lathan keeps getting these parts where she's stuck with these bad in these bad relationships. And you know, the last time that she did this, I think, was something new, where she and Simon Baker were like testing the waters of interracial romance. And that was also ridiculous. Like this, like Ivy League educated, very successful woman who lives in Los Angeles had never ever contemplated dating a white person before. That just seems so far fetched that it, like I, I, Robert Heinlein had to have written it. It just didn't make I believe, any sense. I think, yeah, I think he did. It just uh, the, it, was, <laughs> it was a different story, though. <laughs> His ending was a yeah, little different. Actually, right. Third yeah. act was very different <laughs> in the in the Heinlein version. Um, anyway, I don't know. I, I want the best for them. Hopefully the, the, that this movie is like an instant hit. will make sure that she and Morris Chestnut and Michael Ealy all work together again. I mean, they, and they, all these people have worked in some capacity. Well, Morris Chestnut and Sonana Lathan have worked together before. Um, I, I don't know. M- maybe they'll, this will like occasion some other movies that are, that are, they don't even have to be better. They just, well, they do have to be better, but they don't have to be different. Um, how was the, how was your movie? Uh, my movie was kind of amazing. So I, I, we, we talked, yeah. Okay. I look, I, and I went into this thinking this is going to be a pleasurable thing to have on. And the minute it's over, I'm not going to think about it anymore. Um, but I, I've thought about it a lot. Uh, so uh, Mm. we've been talking, I mean, we talked about digging for fire a little bit on this show and I talked about my experience of watching digging for fire and a certain kind of movie that's now has resonances that it, for just, just for me because of where I live and because of where the people who made it live. It's like, I'm starting to just, they're supermarket movies. They're movies by people. I have probably passed in the supermarket on my way to, you know, pick up my fizzy water or whatever that you don't realize necessarily, you know, but right, like they're right. all just sort of there and they're all making movies in their backyard and at their friends' houses and, and stuff like that. And, you know, um, so I, I didn't have like huge hopes f- for this necessarily because I liked Digging for Fire, but I kind of was like, okay, I'm, I'm you know, I've had uh, it's a little much, much Silver Lake. I'm like ready to not be watching these these films again um, mm-hmm. for a little while. And also, it's just it was you know, it's it's Adam Scott, it's Taylor Shelley, it's people that you're just sort of that you you maybe have a little uh, you know you may feel a little fatigue of if you're anything. Like I definitely have fatigue for one of those people. And I know that Jason Schwartzman is another person in this film. Yes. I've definitely got Schwartzman and Scott fatigue. Schwartzman is, yeah. And Schwartzman's up and down for me. Like I'm very much, it, it, it depends on the movie. I kind of feel like my thing about Schwartzman is that I think he's ha- like, he can't do, it's no longer a novelty to be like, I'm Jason Schwartzman, but I'm an evil version of Jason Schwartzman. I'm a jerk version of that. You know, like that's, mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. kind of run out that, that, that road. And so this is sort of, this ends up being like a different, look for him which is cool basically it's um am scott and taylor Schilling are some uh, parents new to los angeles parents of a young son like a four or five year old son uh meets another kid at the playground and then they meet his weird but sort of charming hipster dad played by jason schwartzman they are you know new in town from seattle they don't know anybody so they accept his uh you know very sort of bold invitation to go hang out and have uh, sort of a family pizza night. Everybody gets together. Seems, you know, see, it's one of those things where it's like, it's too cool. You know, it's just, it's like, it's too chill. It's, it's too mm-hmm. mellow. I have a hard time. I don't want to, this is the thing. This is the reason I don't, I don't want to ruin it for you. If we had both seen it, I would just say everybody else who hasn't seen this movie, like earmuffs, skip ahead. 
Um, this movie eventually goes to places that I you are not expecting it to go to, and you're like, but no way are they gonna. Oh wow, they did! Like it's sort of amazing. Like you just start, you just watch it happen. I'm trying to think of the last time I you know I felt that way, but like it just there's things that a lot of these to not be like to just be super vague and try to be super vague about it. And I'm gonna I'm gonna attempt to be super vague. But if you're you know if you're it, it, like interested in this at all, I would just say go do it and then like don't listen to this sort of part of it. But you know the, in terms of. It, the walking the sort of there's boundaries of sexuality that a lot of these movies just sort of walk right up to you know mm-hmm. a lot of these kind don't of don't cross know, comedies about sort of like you know like a dude sort of struggling with these questions like this movie goes right there and just like like it opens a door and walks right in um and it's mm-hmm. kind of amazing to see that happen because i can't really think of you know a, a, certainly not with to the extent that like these people are all stars you know with like that you know with like that kind of with this kind of cast in it so you know really kind of quiet but amazing adam scott performance as well which i you know he's another guy who's sort of like you just get you think you get the thing each time but it's sort of this makes use of like you know some shades on that persona that's really interesting Um, oh well that's good i'm happy to hear that funny and you really are kind of yeah it's like i was i was you know Kind of taken by surprise by it. So I had very, I, I had low expectations, and I, you know, but uh, I've and I've I've thought about it a lot. And that that sounds a little bit like the D train, which came out earlier this year, like in the spring or something, uh, with uh, Jack yeah. Black and James I, Marsden, and yeah, I don't know anything about that. It's on. I have it on my on demand. It's sitting there, but I don't know what it is. You should. I mean, it's worth watching. If well, maybe for the same reasons that I mean, there is this weird moment that I. I mean, I don't know if it's really a moment if you've got only like a handful of movies that are that are dealing with it. But I mean, I think when you've got like three or four things that are thinking about this sort of thing, and it's men. I mean, I don't know what it is, but I'm assuming it's like it sounds similar to the D train where. You know, you have these actors kind of thinking about what it means to maybe be bisexual or just gay or whatever um, and not have it be Brokeback Mountain at the same time. Do you know what I mean? We're like, it's like the the sexuality is the event. Right. Um, or the, yeah, the question of it's not, you know, it's not really it's not the sex like, yeah, Brokeback Mountain is such a, you know, sort of exactly there. You know, it's a different it's in nature. It's a completely different thing. <laughs> you could just say, like, look, it's nature. Nature, there's bisexuality happens in the woods. This is well, it's that. also, well, also, but I mean, just from a, from a, from the standpoint of, of, like, popular culture, I mean, that was one of those things where, like, you had to go on opening weekend or they would never make any more gay movies. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It, you I know, know you but it's it's a gay movie the way, like, I don't know, like, The Ten Commandments is a is a is a love story i don't know it's like it's it it is it is it, we sort of it has been consecrated as the as the ultra of the thing that it is versus like just normal everyday depictions of people like struggling with their sexuality that's not out to like conquer the academy awards um yeah and like i don't know and this yeah exactly this is not it's 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 not the event in in that sense like it's more like you're just sort of it's it's this one the overnight is just it's a really good movie about you know people how do you sort of continue to grow as a person like within the context of you know a marriage and a relationship and all that stuff and Mm -hmm. i think that's the part of it that's 
more interesting but then like there's stuff that is just really sort of powerfully funny because it's pretty shocking to see mm. occur in a movie like you know that's and 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 the way that it's the way that it's played and the way that they don't sort of you know kind of walk away from it or you know kind of let people you know out of the moments that ha- you know occur i'm being so vague because i can't I that's fine i'll see it next week I, we sent can talk you a, about it. I sent you a text message that almost was as if you sort of would have seen it you know because i thought yes. maybe you had yes um well we'll uh we'll talk about it we'll get week. in there there's some things that i want to give awards to in this movie and i can't really <laughs> do that until we've you know, i'll 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 return on the I'll same return. page um, oh, and I right, well, I'm the, happy I, for Adam Scott. Yeah, it's a good it's a it's a good moment for Adam Scott. Um, I also I watched the Chris Farley documentary, which I I don't have a lot to say about as uh, filmmaking, but it's it's a really affecting movie just to watch how much all of these guys interviewed in this movie miss Chris Farley, and to think about like what they don't have on Chris Farley to make a documentary with. There's like there's not one Chris Farley interview where he's not just being Chris Farley. Like they have this Letterman interview where there's the one where he falls off the chair mm-hmm. at the end of it. And they don't have it's it's just it's weird. There's no there's it was it's a pre WTF pre, you know, any moment of, you know, of, you know, Chris Farley not being not being on does not exist. Mm-hmm. But it's a really good movie. Uh Odenkirk is very uh, strong in it. Odenkirk's the best talking head. Because Odenkirk's okay. the one who's kind of like the you know basically like the the, the Chippendale sketch is bullshit and you know it's not like it, there's 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 no amount of a sort of magical fun on Chris Farley that's worth Chris Farley being dead. He just kind of cuts okay. it cuts it down at the end. I watched that. What's it called again? It's called I Am Chris Farley, and okay. it is it was on Spike, but now you can get it on various uh, your your various services. It will be there. One of your services. All right. Cosmo.com will bring it to you. One of those, you know, (laughs) services. Yeah, Cosmo. (laughs) Bring it back Uh, a gum. We'll be right back and talk about those 200 songs of the 1980s. So this is uh, this list, this pitchfork list. It's from the end of August just had time to sort of process it I've, I've been listening to a lot of i've been listening to this list there's you know if you go on your if you look like pitchfork 80s just be careful because they also did an albums list and that's a different that'll be those will be different playlists this is the songs of the 80s it's not albums of the 80s and yeah. there's a distinction obviously because there are things it's, it, so it should be from you know like look for look for the ones you know from august and then you also find the lists when you do that you also find lists that people did they're like these are the songs that are not on here um we talked about this a little bit uh last week i think it's a really interesting study in how how canons get formed and this kind of generational nature of canons and what gets you know sort of pulled in and pulled out I was thinking it's it's kind of like it's it's like in in comic books when they redo the universe every so often mm-hmm. you know like Marvel's mm-hmm. in the minute, middle of doing one of those right now where that's gonna after this sort of summer event that's over everything is gonna shake out differently and like the, it seems like they will be fusing some of the things together and it's like oh the you know the, the Latino Spider Man Miles Morales will be you know here in the regular universe that kind of thing so this mm-hmm. is like we're making a new universe out of all the things that are all the 80s songs that are really important to 2015 because I think that's what the real that's what the look is here right it's not necessarily it's not like let's think about all of the sweep of history and what was important at the time and all of those things it's very much 
from a 2000s perspective what are the important right. songs of the 80s it's much more it feels much more about influence than it does about thinking about you know impact what was going on yeah what was going on in the 1980s so you lose there's a lot of stuff that that, that gets lost but it's it also feels like it, it it feels less dutiful and also kind of weird as a representation of that decade if that mm-hmm. if that i mean that i think that it can be both yeah, I think it's a really interesting critical challenge they set before themselves with this list. I mean, it doesn't really, I mean, there's no sort of, there's not much of a thesis that's attached to, there's no like sort of long essay attached to it. It's just as, here it is. We've done this before. We're doing it again. Thanks for participating. Um I wonder why they did this last, by the way. They did this they did the sixties and the nineties and the two thousands. And this is the I guess the fourth one they've done. Um well then they I think they did uh they did one for they did a two thousand ten to two thousand fourteen list. Right. Anyway, there's, it's just a it's a weird a, thing. And there was to the five hundred, I think, this five hundred singles, which I believe covered like the kind of the whole of the I, I forget where that started, but I feel like there's a lot of eighties stuff in that too. Yeah. Anyway, I really like this. I mean, I like it as a project. I don't, I mean, it's sort of one of those things you make a list, people are going to get upset and scoff. That's why you do it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I scoffed. I mean, it, like, because, I mean, your, your assessment of the kind of list this is, is, is a really important one to make because, you know, I mean, it's not as though, I mean, a lot of these songs actually did mean something when they came out, but. You know, totally. I mean, totally. I'm not hating on anything like about it. it. I'm more interested in, yeah, why these, you know, why these songs in, you know, not, I don't care about the order, but yeah, no, if, when you listen to it on shuffle, it's a great list. And I do, I, I, I like the, I'm not, I'm not sitting there like, oh, come on, mostly. No, I mean, well, there are some like, there are some weird, there's some weird things. Um, my favorite weird thing, my personal favorite, there are a lot of weird things I think are great. I think Carly Simon's Why being on this list, 188, every time I hear that song, I'm like, why does it never come up in terms of the way we talk about Carly Simon? Um, it's the most modern, it's the song that sounds like, I mean, you and I might have even discussed this. Um, maybe not on the show, but definitely in our lives. It is, if that song came out today, it'd be a huge hit. I mean, it's got Niall Rogers. I mean, he's responsible for it, but, um, I mean, it's a song that really, I mean, of, of her really good melodies, um, this is the one that's maybe the least melodic, even though it has that la di da di da, but it's just got this really great beat, um, that is, that is unlike anything else in her in the Carly Simon canon. Um so that was a that was a like that's a that's the kind of list this is. I mean it it's it's going through I mean that's that's in some ways what this list is partially doing, which is going through um the the careers of some people and the and the and the discographies of some people and pulling out the the good the things that you sort of overlook or you don't think of because someone like Carly Simon has all these other hits that um, you know, this list in some ways is too good for, <laughs> um, and so, you know, but a song like why is so much in this, in the, in the wheelhouse of a list like this. And yet, you know what? I say that and you know what the number like 137 song is. I can tell uh, me I have it I in front of me. 137. <laughs> 137 is mission of Burma's. That's when I reach for my revolver. 
Okay, not that song, but that is a great song, and it should probably be higher on the list. Um, it's whatever number Fleetwood Mac's um, one thirty three. Everywhere is one thirty three. Yes. I mean, I say that about Carly Simon, and then they go and put a song like Everywhere on this list, and you're just like, okay, never mind. Why? You guys, because it should push Carly Simon off, or because there's no... No, 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 because it's like, it, first of all, it's not a it's not a canonical Fleetwood Mac song, but I mean, I guess it really is to my point. It's just, I, I'm not hearing, I, I guess I'm not hearing what, what is like, what would be conventionally cool about a song that I actually do love. Um, but I remember as a kid... When that song was actually popular, I remember it not being cool. Everywhere, and I guess yeah, everywhere. And it, you know, it's but it's got a, it sounds so great. It's got that weird. I don't know what instrument that is at the beginning of the song, but it's got that kind of like um, xylophony jingle sound. Yeah, it's just and like it has some keyboard sound. Yeah, it has that Lindsey Buckingham breathing thing that I like. That uh, ba ba. And you know, and then they put a beat underneath that, and it. And Christine McVie, you know, the whoever. Some of these were some of the explanations for these songs are really, really beautiful and persuasive. Some of them aren't. Like the higher up on the list you go, the less persuasive they become to me. Because I mean, they're not really making the case for like, for instance, want to be starting something, which is number two. Wait, how do you want to go through this list? Do you want to just sort of do you want to pick things out of it that you like? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, we can just we can just talk or that about you disagree it. with. I mean, there's not no because I don't really. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm more. I'm I'm just interested in why certain things are on there, and like I'm interested in the Fleetwood Mac question, right? Because that's sort of that's something where I mean that's Carly Simon's way down at like in the '90s, in the '190s, right? That's where she's that, that and that's her sole representation on there, and it feels and it's a sort of it's a deep cut Carly Simon song. So like that's I guarantee you that like if you go back like I don't have this in front of me and I don't have, I can't get online here and do this, but like the, there would be a higher up Carly Simon song. I'm assuming she has been represented on polls like this in the past. Like if you have like a Rolling Stone poll or something like that, like coming around again or Let the River Run or something like that. Mm-hmm. There was mm-hmm. a time when she would have been higher and everywhere would have been considered sort of off like post peak Fleetwood yes. Mac and like yes. we don't yes. really it's not that important and instead it's like and part of it I think is like Tango in the Night came out when the people making this list I don't have their also don't have their ages and you know demographic you know like like what the you know what the the median age is of the people who compiled this and voted for it but I have to assume that like there is a feel you know there's a you know that's that, that came out in the lifetime of the people who did this like I remember when mm-hmm. that record came out I don't remember other yeah, Fleetwood Mac but that's the first Fleetwood Mac record that I was cognizant of yeah same here coming same out here. and like it's it's one of those things where now it's you know like that is I feel like you're hearing that way more it's like it is part of you know, it's part of the 2000s version of the 80s. Like, that's a good example, like, is what I'm saying. Mm. Where it's no, like... No, that's, that's the best... That's a really good way to put it. it you know what I'm saying? It's like, it, yes. you know, that these canons sort of... The, these canons shift, and it's like, it's not, you know... It, 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 we're, st- we're still talking about the 80s, but we're, we're talking about, you know, a, a different 80s. And obviously, like, the lower you go on the list, the more kind of subjective it is. And so I don't know if, like, that Carly Simon, there might have been one vote for that song, for all you, mm-hmm. you know, for all we know. Because it seems like down, like down in the bottom, like it's a lot of probably, you know, like personal favorites, you know, that people voted yeah. for. I, you know, but then I don't there know are how many things that are just like. Right, right. No, that's a good point. But then there are things that are just inarguable to me, anyway. Like Patrice Russian's "Forget Me Nots," 
and and juicy fruit, which I think should be much higher. Um, but you know, I mean, I'm just I'm glad they're on here. Um, then there are then there are things that are mysterious to me. Like, what does it mean that there's only one REM song and that it's Radio Free Europe? Yeah, well, that's weird too because it's it, right. It it does uh, and like some of the things like everybody. Uh, the purpose of this list obviously is to generate you know this the conversations like this one and also you know think pieces on blogs like what what does this mean? And it does leave out a lot of that kind of that. Uh, you know, sort of uh, heartland rock meets indie rock side of things mm-hmm. that sort of the mm-hmm. vague, you know, that kind of like vaguely Americana ish, you know, like that was one of the complaints is that like, you know, there's no, there's no Lucinda Williams, which mm-hmm. totally would have been an eighties list from the nineties would have had, you know, something from that first Lucinda Williams record on it, for example, like I'm not, and I'm, that's not a complaint that I have necessarily, but like, that's yeah, a good, that's that an complaint. example of something that would have been, you know, and is like, there's no John Mellencamp on this record, this list, for example, right? Unless yeah. he's unless he's yeah. under Johnny Cougar. No, no, I'm, I'm nope. searching. I don't nope. see it. You know, so that that kind of that side of things, and it's and why is that not happening? It's because that is sort of like that's a that, that's a dead end in terms of the two of the two thousands. Like, there's not a lot of you know sort of people like you know. I mean, there are, but it's you know in terms of the Pitchfork two thousands. I think that's the other thing that's important. You know, is mm-hmm. it like those are not important influences on like what's happening right now, which I, again, n- I'm, I'm not I'm not bugged by that because it does create a universe where Matume is important, you know, and like can be on the, one of these lists and like loose joints is on there. You know, like it's just it's like I'm, I'm I'm cool with that in the abstract, but it's interesting to watch that happen just because nobody's ripping off loan justice anymore. You know, so it's not right, going to be right, like in the. Right. Now that I mean, but that's the it's a it's an interesting criterion. Like, if you're going to have a Cindy Lauper song on this list, and you know the the, I would say the most obvious one that you can have on here is here, which is girls just want to have fun. Um, I mean, and you can make a case for it, but I also feel like that is not that is not. I mean, I don't think there is a Cindy Lauper song. I think there are many Cindy Lauper songs, but I don't know. I feel like that would be. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have picked that one. Um, no, but that is again, like that's one of the cool things about a list like this, right? You sure, but they're not, they don't seem necessarily, but it's weird when something like that, when somebody, some certain people are represented by their most obvious choice, like Cindy Lauper, and then some people are represent, like, yeah, I mean, like Radio Free Europe for REM is weird, you know, like, yeah, all of those things, I mean, you, you, so many things you could. I mean, in excess is in excess never tear us apart. That's your that's your in excess song. That it yeah, is one fifteen, and it's not like number two hundred. It's one fifteen. It's it's there's so many other greater, stronger in excess songs that that you know are both that keep in that are keeping with the with what I think is the sort of um, reevaluative aspect of, of this list the way we were talking about it before um and then things that uh, just sound better <laughs> i love that song but um like what you need or you know the one thing i mean those are don't change i heard don't, don't change don't, don't I heard, change i heard don't change is one of the like that's on one of those sort of alternative lists for this list mm. one of this one of the okay. lists that people have made in response i think that oh, so right so the reddit conversation that involves this list. Is there, that what you're, that involves that song or a song like that? 
Uh, no, I mean, it's actually no. The Reddit conversation is more like uh, like there is the basically like there's two conversations that have informed my thinking about it. I mean, the Reddit one doesn't necessarily because Reddit is just Reddit. It's like you almost know. You know, you just know what Reddit, the purpose of Reddit in terms of something like this is just to be like, what? Come on! (laughs) Over and over and over and over and over and just talking about Pitchfork and everything. And then the one that actually the uh, I Love Music Forum, which also exists to make fun of Pitchfork lists to some extent, like that's the, you know, like that's the purpose. Like when the bell rings, like they all slide down the pole and go make fun of the Pitchfork list. But... (laughs) Uh, oh, new pitch for the five alarm. Uh, yeah. And they just, you know, jump it. They have their boots are right there at the bottom of the pole. Um, no, but th- what's interesting about that is that like it, there's there there's a mix of people, right? There's just people with like very rock critical 80s taste and then actual people who live through the 80s. And like they, they all have their sort of, you know, objections to it, you know, but then like you also sort of you, you get people who are you know familiar with how these lists are made because a lot of them are critics and like, you know, how how these things work. And so there's been a lot of discussion. Of, Can you give me some insight into that process? Yeah. So go on. Well, I mean, it's like I mean, I don't know about this one, obviously, because I've never been I've never participated in the making of a pitchfork list, but it's it's weird to look at it and think about you know obviously we're talking about uh, you know i was theorizing that it might not have taken that many votes to creep into the 200s mm-hmm. but th- this top 10 and like those sort of the, the you know the the things that are the really high up like the 10 through 20 and the things that are going to get picked up and reprinted places are really fussed over in terms of representation and like who you know who got the most votes so i don't know maybe Purple Rain got the most votes. Number one song, by the way, Purple Rain. We have a podcast called Do You Like Prince Movies? We should probably mention that Purple Rain is the number one song. We should talk about Purple Rain at some point. I think Purple Rain is interesting because Purple Rain kind of brings back it's it's like it, Purple Rain is is Prince like healing the rift between the universes in a way. It's like a huge sort of eighties arena, you know, kind of you know obvious anthem that is also not a Bruce Springsteen song. You know, it's a it's yes, like one yes, of those things yes. like it's a it feels like a big rock 80s anthem in that sense. But it's done by a super weird black guy who like, you know, also did dance music and like also did all the, you know, all the kind of like and drum machines and like all that stuff. It's like it, 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 it you know, heals the the thing. It's also he's it, it, it's weird that Prince is like now basically like it, this like sort of anoints Prince artist of the decade. I think over even over the Smiths, I forget how who's on here the most, but I think it's Prince. Prince is on there. One, uh, Prince two, has six, three, I four, think. five, five times. Plus Sheila E is on here. Glamorous Life is on there. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know how much uh, in terms of other like you know Prince. It's funny offshoots. though because I mean along the same lines, all of the with the exception of of Kiss, they're all from the same album. Yeah, that is weird too. Oh, and when you were mine, when you were mine is not on is not on the Purple Rain soundtrack. No. But um, I find, I mean, you know, I think that the songs on on this like song to song, I think all the songs on Sign of the Times is, are just better songs. Um, there, it, it seems to me that there are there's a kind of nostalgia tinge on of to this list. I mean, but every time I have an argument. Along those lines, you then you have to stop and remember that like want to be starting something is number two, and that is, I mean, it is one of the five greatest songs ever recorded, as far as I'm concerned. Um, really? Given lo- 
I would have flipped, flipped Billy Jean to number two. I mean, Billy Jean's number 13. I don't know. I feel like, okay, so what's your case for Billy Jean? I just think that's a much more interesting and complicated song and is much more the like the the Michael Jackson that I'm the most fascinated by the sort of paranoid mm. Michael and like that sort of that like that's the beginning of the, the you know that's the, the you could probably say there's a beginning earlier than that but for me in terms of like his big hits that's the one that's like it's it's really interesting right because it's like a big hit song that everybody enjoyed but it's also a really it's a really creepy sentiment and it's like a really sort of it's a weird kind of you know in context of michael and thinking about sort of michael's whole deal like that's it's a win it's a, it's your first window into that and things that would develop later in his music and in his you know personal life I feel like, and I think that's a. I don't, you know, I forget what their case was for the for the for one versus the other. Um, and want to be starting I, something is like that is a that's a, I'm just I'm interrupting you, but like that just because I finished, but just that's a Michael Jackson song from the '80s that I feel like the kids who didn't live in the '80s like hear out all the yes, time. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so that's that's a that is again a very smart observation. I would just say. No, you're right. I mean, if you if you were a child, if you were around in 1983, not only was Billie Jean inescapable, it was also impossible to resist. I think that sort of prolonged exposure to that song, nothing has inured me to it. Like, I still think it's an amazing song. Just musically, that bass line alone is like just a work of genius. Um, the lyrics are great to Billie Jean. Um but there's something about, and you know, the, the reason that Want to Be Starting Something has lasted as long as it has is because it was so far ahead of its time. And nothing, you know, Billie Jean doesn't have a corollary sound, but there's something about the individual parts that are separable from each other in that song. And there's something about Want to Be Starting Something that really prefigures, I mean, there are a lot of artists who did this in the 1980s and 1970s, but, but that sound prefigures that sort of in um, hard to separate that sort of like immersive um coalesced sound where you don't exactly know you've no idea how they did one part of that song musically like you can't hear you can't hear the instrumentation you can just hear the music if that makes any sense mm -hmm. um and that's a very modern approach to 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 recording and i mean it was it was it was pre-modern i mean you can hear you know you can hear the african at in, in in sort of latin american rhythms and that to that song but then there's just like the weirdness of it do you know what i mean it's a it's a it's a song about a sick woman <laughs> who people are gossiping about <laughs> and he's not going to put up with that He's, um, he's not having it. It's 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 true. No, and isn't there some? There's. I feel like that's the one. Isn't there a demo of that where you realize like how much of that? Isn't there a demo of that where he basically beatboxes it? I feel like there is. Like where he. Yeah, there's some. There's some interesting demos for that song. I mean, the legend of the song is pretty is pretty great. I mean, the the taking of the mama say uh, mama mama sa mama mama co mama cosa. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to screw that up. I can say it fast. I can't say it slow. Um, no, I mean, it's, it's just a, it's a perfect song. And I think that if you're talking about it as a song of the eighties, it's, it, it does sort of slightly change the, the, the configuration. I mean, the, the way you, the way you think about which song had sort of primacy during that period. 
Um, but I mean, that's sort of the interesting thing about like having no REM on this list too. Um, and then something like Kate Bush being number six and number twenty three. Uh, which I mean, as a as a as a person who wishes he could be Kate Bush's husband, I have no problem with that. But it again, it's like I mean, I don't even know how to. I mean, I don't know how to account for. I mean, it's it's partly partly to your argument about the way you sort of retroactively rethink that period based on what is currently happening in yours. Yeah, I mean, and stuff. There's so much stuff that sounds like running up that hill now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, versus, mm-hmm. I think you know, if you're again, if you're making this list in you know in the '90s, it would be it would be something. She wouldn't different. have been on it at all. Uh, yeah, she would have. Been, uh, yeah, or it would have been down low, probably. You know, it would have been yes. there somewhere. You know, like it's you know, or it would have been this woman's work or whatever. You know, like yeah, yeah, in 90, yeah, that's true. That probably, but yeah, I mean, there would have been something like that. Um, she would I'm have been surprised. somebody. It would, Kate Bush would have been somebody that was there for like. There's not enough women on this list down <laughs> in the bottom. And like, I'm not saying that to be mean to Kate Bush at all. But like, that's no. The kind of, she you, would you have, can't. You're not allowed to be mean to Kate Bush. Uh, yeah, she can't. She, yeah, she won't stand for it. But like, it's it, <laughs> there's she won't. <laughs> I won't. I will be torn apart by the hounds of love. I would never, I would never, I would never do it. But what I'm saying is... Number 28. (laughs) Number 28 is hounds of love. Yes. If it were... No, yeah, that's one of those things where... And it would have been sort of, what's the song about, uh, Kate Bush song about being a woman or whatever? And it would have been down below. And like, it's it's Mm. cool. Like, I like that idea. I like the idea of just sort of like just overturning the, the you know all of the the furniture you know and then and then seeing how it goes. I think it makes for some weird things. And there's a few things where I'm like, there. I had a few moments, my my, my few come on moments, like uh, about a girl being on there, like because it came mm-hmm. out in the '80s. Like, come on, like the, yeah, the Nirvana's no. about a girl. It's like it's like the, the, I agree. It's this is about impact, and this is about you know if, if like if there's any there should be some sort of some kind of impact happening, and like if that's going to be your sort, you know. I mean, it's only at one twelve. I'm not like you know that mad about. Yeah, it. but it's still it's, it's one it's less still. slot. It's one you know it's a slot that didn't go to you know somebody physical. Else. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding, y'all. I'm just kidding. I think actually, magic is my now my Olivia Newton John go to jam as also as uh, a result of the 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 dist list. I'm listening to this to di- like I got to figure. Oh, there's out, a dist list. Well, I got to figure out. I I have a dist list that I have compiled from various people's kind of 80s canons and just things that didn't didn't go on there. And it's like it just reminds me of there's an SCTV sketch about the making of we are the world and about people it's jackie rogers jr it's martin short doing jackie rogers jr not getting (laughs) about being locked out of we are the world because they were late and like him and a bunch of other people who were not on we are the world because they showed up late and he's like we went to denny's and it all worked out okay because it was laura Branigan's birthday and we got a free (laughs) pancake grand slab breakfast Uh, that's what it feels like so i'm gonna i will if i have time I will make my I will make a playlist on Spotify. It will be called Laura Brannigan's Birthday, and it will be available. Ooh, please do that. I will do. I will do. I will do. And yes. I will be. I will. I will be sort of. You know, it is my uh, creeping and sweeping through the uh, other people's lists uh, of so, things. <clears throat> so I have some questions. Go ahead. Um, this is a list that contains I don't remember how many Pixie songs, but like at least three. There is um, one of which two. I think only two this uh, to go to your point about um, there's like, there's three there's gigantic debaser and where is my mind 
My where is my mind? I believe is number twenty four. Mm-hmm. It is that's way too high. I mean, given for what the list is allegedly. I mean, to your point. I mean, not too high. Like, yes, we all recognize it's a great song, but it's it's one of those things that's become what it is as opposed to being what it was in nineteen eighty eight or nine. Um, I mean, whereas Debaser and you know, Here Comes Your Man were those were the songs. Um, and that album was a great album and to like to, to choose singles just seems to be, I would say, I think sort of defensive in a way that I don't really think is necessarily, it's not unwarranted. I just feel like where is my mind was not, uh, that was not a song from that period, um, that really registered as a, as a single. No, but because um, of Fight Club and because of all those right. things. Right. No, no, of course. That's, yeah. And that's the now, way it's in, and that's I mean that's a generational difference in terms of the pixie the canon within the pixies even, you know, that it sort of Yeah, like, I mean it's a little bit like they looked at the data and were like, "Yes, it makes it." <laughs> we can put where is my mind on this list. Yeah. No, it's and I just like it, it, but it's it's right. I mean like here comes your man if you're making that list, like there is, I think there also, there's probably, there seems to be some avoidance of kind of consensus. I want to say like, if th- this is only going to make sense to some people, but you know, consensus live one Oh five kind of hits from that, mm-hmm. which is like the, you know, like kind of alternative radio again, nineties, alternative radio, 80s songs. So here comes your man is not on here. Uh, take your, take the skinheads. Bowling is not on here. Hmm. Yeah, there's no camper van. There's Beethoven. no camper van, which I guess is again Americana. It's an avoidance of Americana, and like I'm not mad that there's again like an avoidance of Americana that you know that makes room for you know whatever it is, Cybertron, you know, King Sunny a Day, some you know whatever it is. Like there's there's room for you know like the fact that I'm listening to driving into work this morning, listening to Beat Bop by K. Robin Ramelzi. Not I don't have a problem with that. I'm I'm happy that that happened to me, but. Um. So my other question. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, there are two artists who I think are re- like like figure very interestingly in, in in you know I mean I have to salute them for you know having a fairly solid grasp on the rap situation. Um, they included Godly and Cream's "Cry," um, which is one thirty two. Um, the top top ten songs have there are no there's. I mean, there are no, they're rock-ish songs in the top 10, but no, Purple Rain is the rockin'est, is the rockin' rock and roll and rock and roll song. Yeah, even How um, Soon Is Now. Is how a, Soon Is Now is, is a, right, right. The exactly. most electronic sounding Smith song in a way, the most, right. the least like a jangly uh, guitar band. I mean, most of the songs in the top 10 are either rap songs or electronically driven. Um, which is really interesting, except for Purple Rain, <laughs> which is also doesn't. I mean, and and some people, I think, like the, the like so what somebody pointed out. One of the complaints about Purple Rain was, how is that? Is that really a quintessentially '80s song? Which you kind of have to, if you're doing top ten, it kind of has to be. You want some quintessence. Right. Like you need to be able mm-hmm. to claim. Yeah, no, yes. And somebody yes, was like, yes. if Prince had existed 10 years earlier and they had made and he'd made Purple Rain, you know, in 1974, it would have sounded probably about the same, mm-hmm. barring mm-hmm. some, you know, compression or whatever, like that song in particular, not that record, but like that song in general is like faithfully, you know, by Journey, which I guess, by the way, where's Journey? 
Did Journey make nope. it? Nope. No Journey. Nope. Ixnay on the Ernie J. Wow. I mean, you know, I mean, that's that's cool, but like, I, I I get it. But yeah, so what was the? I mean, that's yeah. So that is that is interesting. Like, the, you know, there's not there's not like even like Springsteen is buried. Springsteen for, by Springsteen standards, I'm on fire is 51, and that's that's speaking of synth Springsteen. Like that's another you know that's a relatively sort of electronic sounding one, and the only other one is uh, Atlantic City. Which is yep. the one rock song on Nebraska? Because of course Nebraska is the it's the one Springsteen record that gets to stay in the canon, you know, in the post crisis world. Um, yeah. What was your question about Purple Rain, though, or about, the, um, about the, that wasn't the, a the, the lack wasn't of a Purple rock. Rain? It wasn't a Purple Rain question. I just wanted to address the hip hop, rock and roll, dance music question, uh, issue, which is that you know, there's not. I mean, the rock tends to be most of the rock tends to be in the middle of the list. Um, and toward the bottom and there are rock artists in the top 20, but they, the songs they're here for are not necessary. Fugazi, Sonic Youth, um, and there is a light that never goes out. Um, and I think just like heaven is in there too. Um, so that's like four songs out of 20 and then, you know, the top 20 has only three women, um, which Kate Bush, Whitney Houston, and, Madonna's into the groove. Uh, Whitney Houston's I want to dance with somebody who loves me. But I wanted to ask about the the Janet Jackson Madonna representation. I mean, Janet Jackson has a number of songs in here, and they to me, I would say are the right are the quote right songs. Um like when I think of you, I think is I, I don't know I mean it I'd love to just talk to those guys and find out like why that song. I mean it's a great it is it is the like for me, top three Janet Jackson singles um, and love will never do without you, which I think is just a perfect song, um, which is number 27. Um, but she, I mean, she seems to figure more prominently, at least to me on this list than Madonna does. Um, and I think there is this kind of, I mean, backlash against Madonna seems wrong, but like there is this, you know, she was, she was REM'd a little bit. She was REM'd. It's true because she, again, that's another person who I think probably like Madonna. It's it, Madonna would have been top 10. A she few has three years songs ago. on this list, by the way. Yeah. Two she, from the first album, Borderline and, um, oh, wait, no, from different albums, Like a Prayer, Borderline, and, um, Into the Groove. Like a Prayer should be higher, P.S., but uh, that's okay. I get it. I would even, I, I would even put like a prayer above into the group, but I'm a I'm an iconoclast. But this is a but this is a it list is that weird. No, like it's weird it, that it would have physical yeah. attraction instead of instead of borderline or to, something. You know what I mean? But like, also to your point that there's there's three Janet Jackson songs and three Madonna songs. Like that would have been unthinkable at at, 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 at you know a, a certain point in history mm-hmm. that there that they would have been what not that not three and three necessarily, but they would that they would have been represented evenly, whatever that you know whatever it was. That's yeah. that's really weird. And mm-hmm. I guess it's I mean, and I think that also gets to I think, you know, I don't think I think because if you are a younger person, you have lived in more bad years for Madonna than you have good years. Mm-hmm. And you just don't think about it. Whereas, you know, I think I think in a way like Janet has helped herself by not being as prolific and not being as visible. I'm sure she doesn't see it that way, but you know, well, she has been less visible. She married that, she married that guy. She lives in the middle East now, 
you know, she never properly recovered from the Super Bowl incident. I mean, yeah. she just, I mean, she was somebody who was sort of forced into, into not obsolescence, but definitely obscurity and is now back. She's touring. So, I mean, she's having a moment. She will be having a moment like ASAP. Is there a record? Is there music? Um, forthcoming, yes. There's forthcoming. I haven't heard. I haven't heard any music from it. But it, the album, there is an album coming out. Um, but we that's go. yeah. I mean, but that's weird. That's I mean, the, the only thing that's yeah. So that basically, what's interesting about that is like she's the, these are these songs are unsullied. These Janet Jackson songs are sort of unsullied by you know thinking about the bad Janet comeback records that didn't happen. You know, like that they're right. Like, whereas Madonna's out, you know, sort of like out there kind of like sort of inconveniently ruining everything and being on Instagram and you know, sort of <laughs> just nobody, everybody's like, Oh, Madonna. It's like, nobody wants Madonna to pick them up. None of these pitch for people want Madonna to pick them up in school in the, you know, the embarrassing Madonna car. <laughs> Madonna has become Angeline now and Janet Jackson has become Kate Bush. Oh yeah. Well done. Well done. Um, well, that's our show. Uh, I'm Wesley Morris. We're going to go out this week. Uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to let, we're going to leave it the DJ's choice, producer's choice. Joe Fuentes can pick a song from this list and play it. Uh, he's our great producer, Jim Cunningham. Thanks. David Jacoby. Thanks. Alex. Thank you. Uh, and thanks you guys for listening. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Grantland. To hear more Grantland shows in your earballs, subscribe to Grantland Sports and Grantland Pop Culture on iTunes. Or go to grantland.com and click on podcasts.